If running out of money in retirement is a concern of yours, you're not alone. According to a recent Go Banking Rates survey, 66% of Americans are feeling that way. Let's calm the fear and offer you some strategies to help make sure that doesn't happen. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Jones. Welcome to your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, and it's uh, Dual Financial Strategies we represent every week with Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. And uh, remember, uh, that number is 866-203-7486. We'll uh, delve into that a little bit later on uh, because uh, they offer a uh, no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review anywhere you're listening to us. Uh, here in the Fox Valley. Well, running out of money uh, doesn't worry uh, a lot of people. It's knowing when you're going to run out of money, I guess. That's pretty scary because uh, a lot of things happen in retirement, some good, some not so good. And I guess we can anticipate some bumps in the road, and uh, we'd like to be able to plan for them, certainly. So uh, let's take a look at some of the things we can do to help our uh, money stay safe and uh, keep the money as much as we can all the way through retirement. So, Sam, I guess uh, the first thing we need to do is understand uh, our spending habits, if we haven't already, over the years when we've worked, and maybe try to cut back wherever possible, because uh, uh, contrary to popular belief, you don't spend less money in retirement than you do when you're working, right? No, you don't. We find that uh, people are not looking to take a 30 or 40% pay cut when they go into retirement. But before you ever get there, you have to understand what your spending habits are. Uh, and you have to start looking at these areas where you could potentially cut back. Now, a really good tool for doing that is on our website. If you go to dualstrategies.com and on the first page you come to there, there's a button uh, that says, I believe it just says budget on it or... Something like that. Yeah, under sure. forms. There's under different forms. forms. Yeah, but there's a budget on there, so you can download that, and it'll break uh, spending into a couple of different categories because you've got uh, what is your necessary spending, you know, food, clothing, and shelter, keeping a roof over your head, paying your real estate taxes, things like that, and then discretionary spending. And discretionary spending is where we find people usually have the most leakage at. Um, taking a look at uh, how much are you dining out? Do you have any alternatives to cable? Uh could you find a less expensive phone or less expensive phone plan? Uh, all of those sorts of things, they're small, but they really add up. You know, if you're if you're running tight and you want to retire, well, maybe you don't do fifteen dollars worth of Starbucks a day because that stuff adds up. Maybe you cut that back to half for you know every twice a week or whatever the case might be. But take a look at that budget, download that budget form, and let's get a handle on your spending habits first because before we figure out what your income needs to be, you got to know what your outflow is. Absolutely. And uh, Andy, in uh, coordination with what Sam's talking about, you should be aggressive in your contributions uh, to your retirement accounts when you're working because uh, it's going to uh, aid and abet you later. Yes, I totally agree. And the sooner you can get started on that, the better. Um, to ensure that you will be set up for retirement without fearing whether you'll have enough in your savings accounts by regularly contributing to your retirement accounts. Now, this can be different for everybody. So retirement accounts, as far as what you have at work, is probably your traditional 401k. You might have the option of an ESOP plan, depending on your company. Um, you might have a Roth 401k option. If you have a Roth 401k, obviously that is tax-free money later on. You don't get the deduction on the front side, but who knows what the tax rates are going to be later on. So if you can contribute to a Roth and, um, 
can continue to do that for some time, I would absolutely start there. There are some other options that you can look at that are outside of your traditional 401k type plans um, that would be potentially worth looking into, especially depending on what your time frame is for retirement. So make sure that you are contributing as much as possible because your 401ks, be it a Roth or be it a traditional, give you far greater um, ability to put money away than an outside or an individual retirement plan, an IRA, just a traditional. Um, this The numbers are something like, what is it, Luke, like 7,500 for an IRA and is it up to 21,000 in a 401k? Up to, oh, if you're over um, the age, you can put in 30,000 into 30, a 401k okay. now. Yeah, so significant numbers. And so it would make a lot more sense to uh, maximize those dollars as much as possible because the limits are much higher on your 401ks. We're talking uh, about uh, saving as much as you can for retirement, putting that nest egg together. But Luke, we can't forget either that uh, things uh, don't change. Uh, when it comes to emergencies, just because you're retired, so have that emergency fund ready. Right. Before before retirement, you want to have it. After retirement, you want to have it. Emergencies can still arise. You know, uh, medical expenses, other life emergencies can come up. And so how much you need sort of depends on your family dynamics. Do you have a two-income household? Is it just yourself working? And how tight? You know, does your budget tend to run every single month? But a general rule of thumb for for building an emergency fund is at least three to six months worth of your living expenses. So if you're living on five thousand dollars, then you should have fifteen thousand to thirty thousand built up as a reserve. And you might want a little bit more of a cushion if you're just a a one income household and you don't have anybody else that you can sort of rely on uh, for providing some income. Yeah, I think so. Sam, preparing for high health care expenses is something we need not neglect. Well, you want to make sure that that money is available. And one of the best ways to have that is if you qualify for an HSA or a health savings account. Let's say that you're four or five years out from retirement and you do qualify for an HSA. I would suggest maxing that out every year. And the reason why is because it's essentially kind of a triple tax-free account. I mean, you get tax credit for the money going in there. It grows uh, without any taxes on the gains. And if you bring it out for medical expenses, it can be tax-free. So there's some real benefits to having a significant health savings account. The other thing you have to prepare for is if you're going to retire prior to age 65, how are you going to pay for health insurance? It's one of the single largest expenses housing that most people have if they're pre-65. So you got two choices. You either have to have plenty of money in savings to be able to pay your insurance premiums or plenty of money available for that, or you need to qualify for the um, marketplace. You need to qualify for healthcare in the marketplace. Now there are income restrictions in order to be able to get subsidies and credits on that. So that's why it's so essential when you start out, you gotta set that budget first. We've gotta know how much money do you need to have? Because if you need to have, hey, I got to have $130,000, well, you're not going to qualify for any sort of uh, assistance in the uh, government, you know, in the healthcare marketplace. So know what your expenses are going to be. And then from that point, we need to build in the income necessary to get you to where you want to be too. But medical expenses, health insurance expenses, yes, that could have a significant impact on your retirement. Making sure you have enough money uh, saved up for retirement. And Andy, uh, I guess you consider hybrid retirement, meaning uh, not fully retired, but maybe doing something you you love, uh, even though you don't put 40 hours a week in. Correct. And and sometimes that can be 
a multifaceted endeavor in that um, for some people retiring they lose their social aspects and their enjoyment of friends and coworkers. So um, it's not only can help contributors soften the um, the financial side of things, but it can also be a significant um, benefit to your social enjoyment of life. So don't uh, don't just put it away like, oh, I'm never going to work again. Um, some people really enjoy their job. Some people find that after a, a a while of downtime from retirement that they get a little bored. Um, so that's something to also consider is, is that you are not stuck having to stay at home or you can go and do other things that um, may be more enjoyable than your current working endeavor right now. Absolutely. And Luke, it's always uh, helpful to have a diversified portfolio as you prepare and want to save as much for retirement, right? Right. And I think most of us know this and most of us think or assume that we're well diversified. But the key here is, are you truly diversified? One of the big measures of diversification is correlation. How correlated are your assets? How similar or dissimilar are your assets? And just because you own a lot of things doesn't necessarily mean that you have a high degree of non-correlated assets or diversification. So getting a second opinion, having somebody look at this to ensure that you are truly diversified in retirement. Absolutely. And again, Sam, uh, cover your major expenses before retiring. I mean, uh, why have a car payment? Why have a a house payment? Maybe I I guess uh, some would say uh, we want to clean all of that up before we retire. And that's savings in itself. Yeah, if you know, let's say you need to replace a car, you need to replace a roof, any of these things that would be a major expenditure today. Uh, think about doing that before you retire, while you still have an income, while you still have money coming in the door. Because the one thing about this, folks, let's say that you retire and then you decided, well, I'm going to replace my car. I'm going to spend you know whatever fifty thousand dollars on this car, or forty, or whatever your number is for a car today. Well, remember, it's not just the forty thousand dollars you're probably taking that out of a qualified retirement plan. So you're also going to have your taxes on that. So if you're in a, let's say that you're in a a 12% federal bracket and a 5% state bracket, well, that's 17. I mean, you could be as high as if you were like in a 22 and a five, you could be anywhere from 17 to 27% in taxes on that. So it's not 40,000 that you're going to take out to buy that car. That car is going to cost you $50,000 or so by the time you pay the taxes on it. So pay that stuff down before you go to retirement. And I guess hand in hand with that, Andy, is uh, try to knock off debt if you can. Absolutely. One of the biggest things that can affect your monthly cash flow would absolutely be servicing debt. So if there is a way to retire without debt or with minimal debt, then that is probably going to put you in a far better position because then you're just paying basically for your food, clothing and shelter. I mean, things always happen, of course, but um, if you're not having to service a regular debt load, that would be very helpful to your retirement savings. All right. So if you're still worried, uh, sitting down with a fiduciary uh, like uh, Sam and your Luke, a good advisor, will help you get a new perspective on your finances and help you sleep well at night. So uh, quickly, Sam, what can you offer our listeners? You know, folks, just make a chance um, or make some plans to come in and sit down and talk with us. I think you're going to find it a refreshing conversation. You're going to find it a conversation in an environment that's comfortable for you. By that, uh, we are not going to try to uh, put any sort of a woke ideology on you. We are not going to have some sort of uh, off-the-wall investment strategies. We're not going to talk down to you. We're hearing so many stories from you coming in today where your current advisors 
have gone totally politically correct. They've begun totally woke. They can't even have a conversation without talking about the climate spinning off of its axis or something. And we're not that firm. We're not here to push some sort of an ideology down your throat. We're not here to, um, you know, to make it look like everybody is doing all of the most wonderful things. We're real people serving real people in retirement. We're conservative. We believe in fiscal responsibility for government. We believe they should serve you instead of you serving them. And if you want to have that conversation and be around those types of people in a space where they appreciate you, we'd invite you to call and make that appointment. And it's easy to do that. It's 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Retirement Lifestyle Review and Sam will uh, tell you. So will Luke and Andy when you call uh, what that's all about. Uh, So either visit their Green Bay office, the Appleton office. And again, it's 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation to sit down with the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies. What's coming up next, Sam? When we come back, we're going to offer some suggestions to help keep your retirement on track despite runaway inflation and a roller coaster stock market. That's a real double whammy for investors heading into retirement. We're back here on the uh, Your Retirement Program. I'm Chuck Caton. It's all about your retirement with Dual Financial Strategies. And we have in studio Sam Duell, Luke Van Abel, Andy Schooler. And uh, remember their phone number once again, in case you missed it before the break, is 866-203-7486. And one of the premiums that you will uh, also uh, have uh, sent your way, given your way by Sam, is the second printing of his book, Purpose Determines Placement. And he'll tell you what that's all about later on as well. When you come in uh, for that no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement, maybe you want a second opinion. That is the key. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, the stock market. Uh, A lot of people are afraid. They're a little gun-shy here, Sam, but don't give up on it, right? No, you can't give up on these types of things. And this is a time when fear starts to come in. You know, stocks have been falling. Last year was a horrible year. Uh, 2023 so far hasn't been anything to really write home about either. You know, we've just had a lot of turmoil, bank, uh, bank problems and just turmoil. But if you can have a well-structured plan. Now, I'm not talking about what the typical big Brox broker tells you when you call into them and you're scared and you say, hey, I'm really afraid of this market. And they say, hey, hang in there. It'll all come back. Don't worry about it. That's malarkey. Will it come back? Yes, at some point in time. It always has. But the the point here is you need a structured approach to this. You need to have contact with the market, whether that be direct contact with the market by owning exchange-traded funds and stocks and things like that, whether you own a good, well-structured fixed-indexed annuity that will give you opportunity to participate in upsides of the market while not exposing you to the downsides. You'll get parts of the up, but you do not participate in any of the down because that type of strategy, that stock-based strategy, has been the best thing that there's been basically since the dawn of time. I mean, the average return in the S&P 500, if you just look at that alone, has outpaced inflation by more than 200%. So don't give up on what's going to make you the money, but do not try to time things. Let's talk more about that, Chuck. 
Absolutely. All right, Andy, uh, what about uh, people who say, well, I'm going to beat the market one way or another because I can time things and uh, use some of my retirement money to, uh, you know, uh, use my little crystal ball here to say, here's when I should come into the market. This is when I should get out of the market. Unfortunately, I've yet to see a crystal ball that actually works. That's so right. So it becomes a bit more challenging to time the market. And from a standpoint of, if you have time, then the attitude would be continue down this path and make the work with somebody who actually is going to look at who you are as an investor and have that ability to identify which accounts are going to make the most sense for you. What do you need your money to do for you? Sam's book, Purpose Determines Placement. What is the purpose of the money? Therefore, that will determine where it needs to go and what you need to do with it. You need to have some liquid uh, savings. And so what does that mean? It's money that you can get into and there's no limitations on it. There's no restrictions on it. There might be taxes if it's coming out of a retirement account. You do need to be aware of that. But from a standpoint of trying to get in, get out, get in, get out of the market um, is impossible to know unless you do have a crystal ball or a time machine. Yeah, it's real interested, be, uh, interesting because uh, there are a lot of statistics on this. Uh, perfect timing, uh, the market doesn't matter much with the long-term retirement savings. That's something that uh, people should know about. Uh, and uh, again, uh, it, maybe if you wait too long as well, Luke, it, it could be troublesome as well. It can be because, um, you know, what happens is if we're, we've got maybe this money set aside that we could invest and we're saying, hey, we, we know better. We've got the crystal ball. We're going to wait and invest it later. Well, waiting turns into probably spending that money and then that money wasn't invested. So keep in mind that most investors, all of us, we can't time the market. So regular contributions, regular monthly or what we call dollar cost averaging, that's what you do into your 401ks, that's what you should be doing into your IRAs every single month. That is a great strategy because sometimes you're going to buy at a little higher price and other times you're going to be buying at deeper discounts. And those are going to be, see some of the best returns over a long period of time. Yeah, we're talking here with Sam, Andy, and Luke about uh, using the market to your advantage, but not maybe overthinking it here on uh, Dual Financial Strategies, uh, your retirement program, because uh, it's one of those things that, uh, as we explored earlier, uh, nobody's a genius when it comes to that. And it's almost kind of like Sam going to uh, Las Vegas and coming back and telling everybody you've won uh, when you may not have won, or maybe keeping quiet if you've won. But how much money to save and invest is always a question uh, when it comes to these turbulent times for your retirement in, in the market. Well, when it comes to saving, you need to save absolutely as much as you can. No amount is too small. If you're saving something, something is better than nothing. But you need to be putting as much as you possibly can into it. And again, one of those things is if you know what your budget is, you'll have a pretty good idea of what you should be saving. But a pretty good guideline right now would be to probably encourage 15% of your annual income into your savings account. Uh, that would include uh, employer contributions, employer matches and stuff. So, you know, let's say that an employer is matching 5%. Well, you should be putting away at least five because that's going to get you the free money, quote unquote, but much better if you could do 10. So as much as you possibly can, in order to make sure that you have plenty of room and that you have plenty of cushion or buffer going into retirement. Yeah, that's the key. Uh, I mean, don't be afraid to save money. Uh, I just heard a horror story the other day, guys.
guys about a, a guy who was enabling his son uh, by buying him a car, then paying some of his mortgage. And now this son was yeah. 30 years old. It wasn't. Yeah. He paid his credit cards. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's sitting there with a Chevy Equinox, and his kid wants him to buy a Cadillac. So yeah. for him, you know, for the kid. So No, we've seen that before. We've seen that case where Stop bailing parents, out your yeah, children. parents literally would derail their own retirement right. or put themselves in danger of derailing their own retirement to take care of a child. And yes, I, I understand that, you know, we have, um, you know, we have love for our children. However, there's a difference between loving someone and enabling someone or uh, helping them with bad spending habits by supporting them through those habits. Yeah. And the two bad news uh, situations, facts that I didn't uh, divulge is this person 64 that's yeah. doing it and he did not win the lottery. So uh, he can't really afford to do those things. But, uh, you know, sometimes tough love is the way to go. But how yeah. about this one, right, Andy? I mean, the buffer down, uh, the downside risk to retirement savings. I mean, you got to get into a situation uh, where you watch that risk uh, monitor, the riskalyzer, as you, you call it, when it comes to retirement savings. Well, the Riskalyze tool on our website is actually more about identifying what is your personal risk tolerance. And once you know that, you can align your retirement savings to match or get as close to that number as you can. The Riskalyze is going to spit out a number between 1 and 99. From there, we can actually put in your current positions on portfolios that you have and identify whether that makes sense for you or whether it is way out of line. I had a client last week that was he himself is a little less concerned concerned about risk. And so he came back in 89, which is very aggressive on the spectrum of accounts. But his portfolio was actually in a 32. So the accounts that he was in, he was seeing little to no growth. Granted, 2022 had no growth. But from a standpoint of understanding that imbalance, we see it all the time. And it's usually reverse of that example in that most people that we sit down and talk to as they are nearing retirement are looking at a lower and lower number, but their portfolio may not be in line with that number and it may be quite a bit higher. So using tools that can create or help offset the market trials and tribulations, something like a fixed index annuity or a fixed account or even a buffered account, you can find greater um, offside or reducing that risk from the market strictly versus if you were in the market all the way. All right. So, uh, Luke, let's add to that now. When Andy talks about buffering your accounts, uh, buffering, say, exchange-traded funds or other uh, instruments, well, what do we mean by that uh, specifically? Well, a buffered ETF or exchange-traded fund is um, a type of tool that will protect your downside and not not eliminate it altogether. You're still going to have some market exposure, but you'll have a guardrail, if you will, in place to limit your downside exposure to the market. And then on the flip side, you'll be limited on how much of the upside you can receive in the market. So you're kind of tightening up the bands of the amount of return that you can make. We're getting rid of the, the higher end of the band, but we're also getting rid of the lower end of the band where you could see some significant losses. So the goal is just to tighten things up, keep things moving in a positive direction as much as possible. If you don't give up that 40 or 50 percent in a given year, well, then you don't have to make 100% to get back to where you were after that volatile year. All right, and so we wrap it up, Sam, with the life of Ryla. What do we mean by that, and what can you do for our listeners? 
uh, RILA is uh, is another term that they use for registered index linked annuity, and those are becoming more and more popular as well, where anything that you can do where you can limit your downside risk, whether it's buffering, as Luke was talking about, where buffering using uh, indexed annuities, buffering using exchange-traded funds that are designed to do that, um, anything that you can do to, to hedge off that risk or to make that risk less prominent for you uh, is a good thing. Because one of the great myths in the industry, and this has been going on forever and ever, and you've heard this before, is, oh, well, in order to make more money, you've got to take more risk. Friends, I'm here to tell you, after more than two decades in this business, that just isn't true. You know, it's like Mark Twain said, it ain't what you don't know that hurts you. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. And that whole scenario that you got to take more risk in order to make more money, that one just ain't so. It's empirically false. And you can show it to people every day and risk where a lesser volatile portfolio, one where you are not exposed to as much downside risk while still giving yourself some upside potential, that's the winner. That's the one that's going to work for you. This unfettered thing, it's like, oh, we just have to have unlimited ability to make money. That's hogwash. First of all, you don't need unlimited ability to make money anymore. We just need to be able to sustain a, a working and living income for you. And you're never going to make it if you don't have a structured plan that includes instruments that will protect you from some losses, that will buffer you against some of that volatility so that that ride is smoother instead of being just this heart-dropping, heart-stopping roller coaster ride. Absolutely, and that's what they can do for you at uh, Dual Financial Strategies. It's all about the Retirement Lifestyle Review. What speed do you want to go at in retirement? How much money do you want in retirement? And do you worry about uh, not having enough money in retirement? Well, those uh, fears can all be assuaged when you visit uh, with the Dual Financial Strategies because it is all all about your retirement. So give them a call. No cost, no obligation. Sit down with them at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Meet with Sam, Andy, or Luke. And uh, remember, you'll get that retirement lifestyle review at no cost, no obligation. Sam, we've got to take a break. What's coming up in the next segment? Well, a common question for most advisors is how much do I need to retire? That answer, though, is not always about money. When we come back, we'll tackle some non-financial questions that may help you find the answer you're looking for. And we're back on your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, along with Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Duell Financial Strategies. It's 866-203-7486. And I guess a lot of our time is spent talking about money, how much, how to save more, how to have it grow more, and so on. And so uh, in this segment, four retirement questions to ask before uh, the one that uh, we say that we should ask, and that is how much should I save? And that answer can be different for a lot of different people because forget it, it's all about money. You want a lot of it in your uh, um, retirement savings. Um, but again, that's an individual thing, right, Sam? So uh, if you want more money, maybe you still work a little bit and uh, consider a second act career in retirement after the uh, curtain goes down on your first one. Yeah, Charles Schwab did a, a survey recently, and they found that more than 40% of the people that were within five years of retirement 
you said you wanted to continue working in retirement. I just met with a couple here a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, he's a police officer, and you know he's uh, got a tough job, and one that I certainly would not want to have. I respect them for doing the job that you do because I sure wouldn't want to do it. But he's probably had enough. You know, he's been doing this for a long, long time now, and he's at the age because you can take in that early fifties at retirement uh, when you're in that type of a job. So he's considering doing that. But his comment to me was actually exactly what you just said, Chuck. He said, I'm not really retiring. He said, I just want to have a second act here. He said, I want to go and do something that is not related to police work. That is not related to that. You know, he said, I just, I want something different. I just need a, I need a mind change on this. Uh, And we certainly understand that. So instead of just saying, I'm just going to retire and sit on the couch because most of you don't maybe it's a part-time job maybe it's uh doing something with the same company you're with if you love it but doing it on a consultative basis so a second act career in retirement doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be 70 hours a week you know like you did in your regular job it could be something you love to do you enjoy doing it keeps your mind active it keeps your body active and guys just a little word of advice keeps you out of your wife's hair because that's going to be a better retirement for you if you just Leave her alone. And probably her, too. And probably her, too, yeah. <laughs> she, she tolerates you most of the time. So just well, remember that. That's right. That's why I'm contemplating going back in the National Hockey League and uh, 40 road games, 40 home games, you know, the whole thing. And, uh, there you go. You keep out of a suitcase. Keep everybody happy. I mean, that's, uh, you know, what I did for 39 years, and I'm willing to do it again. All right, Andy, uh, now your side of it, because would you rather take mini retirements and postpone long-term retirements? Maybe some people you've run across that you've uh, dealt with uh, say uh, – you know, I can't see myself just sitting on the couch or playing golf or tennis or traveling 100% of the time. So maybe I'll do it for a while and then go back and stop for a while. Well, I think that's true of a lot of people where just having the freedom to be able to uh, travel or do whatever they would like to do, visit family, take vacations, whatever, it's having that choice, right? It's it, That's what freedom is about, is having that choice to make those decisions for yourself. And yet, if you want to work a part-time job, there's so many companies out there that would be just so thankful for your help um, and yet would give you the flexibility because they want people that'll show up. And so if you are reliable and willing to come in, they will reward you with saying, yeah, absolutely. We'll probably give you some free time or some extra time or you know whatever you can set your schedule to to your degree. But I do think that that is something to um, take into consideration and, and absolutely look at is just having the freedom to be able to make up your retirement as you would like it to be. We're talking again with Sam, Andy and Luke here of Dual Financial Strategies about uh, retirement questions to ask. Uh, and before you want to know how much to save, because you got to decide for yourself if you're going to ever work again uh, or what are your expenses going to be. So we've talked about a second act a career in retirement. We've talked about uh, maybe taking mini retirements and postponing long-term retirements. But I guess, Luke, question number three uh, is – How important is it to leave a financial legacy? Because uh, I know a lot of people in retirement want to spend their last dollar and could give a hoot less about handing it down to next of kin. But then there are others I'm sure you've run across that have that opposite point of view. Yeah. uh, As a matter of fact, in the last couple of weeks, I've sat with a client that has a 
a different view altogether on that. They they spend very little money. The required distributions that they take in every year are a burden that end up getting dumped back into some other investment because they're not spending it. They never had any children of their own. And so it becomes, you know, what do we do with this wealth that we've amassed? And for them, they want to leave it to a charity. So whether whether it's a charity, whether the legacy is a family, if you're for, if you have a family or friends, um ultimately where you want those funds to go if you're not going to spend every dollar is going to have some bearing and impact on your plan leading up to and through retirement. While um, another thing to consider is while you're living, there's some things that you can do if um, leaving money to loved ones or a charity is something that's of interest. You can gift money while you're still alive to individuals. Um, and another piece of the, the financial legacy plan that's so critical that we know the vast majority of people, it's something like 67% of people, Chuck, have not gone through and done any proper estate planning. Yeah, Estate planning is not for the ultra wealthy. When we think about wills and trusts, we think about, you know, the celebrities on TV and, and so forth. But just about anyone, most people could benefit from having an estate plan and having proper wills and or trusts available um, and put in place along with powers of attorney. So those are some things that you can do while you're living um, to make sure that your goal of financial legacy is being carried on both while you're living and after. Let's admonish some of our listeners too, Luke, on what would happen if you don't prepare in the manner that you just spoke of. And that is the government getting their hands on this uh, if you're, you're not planning to give it to a charity or don't have any next of kin uh, or maybe reluctant to give to next of kin in your legacy. So what would happen to that money uh, when you pass away? You've got no kids. Uh, I guess uh, Uncle Wisconsin comes into play. And so does Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam and Uncle Wisconsin. Yeah, it's called dying intestate without any sort of will, any sort of trust. Hopefully you've got beneficiaries on your retirement accounts, but for all the other things that you own, the hats, gloves, mittens, real estate, um, things within your home and automobiles, the the state and the federal government are going to step in. They're going to appoint an attorney for you, seeing you didn't do it ahead of time, and they're going to carry out your wishes. They're going to look for any family members, maybe children, relatives, and they're going to give no consideration to how close you were to them and you're going to go through the probate process yeah. and that's a long drawn out 12 to 18 month process where from my estimation they charge about four to five percent of your assets so they're going to get paid um, and at the end of the day your wishes aren't going to be carried out because they're not going to give any of that money to charity it's only going to go to those that they find or deem close to you. All right. So again, don't let that happen to you. Dual financial strategies. Now that's three of the four questions. Uh, remember not dual financial strategies can help you to and through all of this with legacy planning. Fourth question, Sam goes to you. Do you and your spouse or partner have the same retirement lifestyle vision? This is something you should be asking. You got to be on the same page of, with a lot of different issues with your spouse, but this one's very important. Got to be thinking about this, friends. I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times all three of us could relate an identical story to you where we've sat down in a meeting with you 
in a first meeting, an introductory meeting, and we got to talking about what do you want to do? What's your retirement lifestyle look like? What's your dream look like? So on and so forth. And we got 180 degree polar opposite answers from each of you with your relationship. Okay. And literally it was, you could tell that it was the first time you'd ever had that conversation. And in a lot of cases, I've seen couples look at each other almost in a quizzical fashion to say, oh, I didn't know you wanted to do that. I didn't know you wanted to do that. So have this conversation. Here's what I would suggest. First of all, go to the website, dualstrategies.com, D-U-E-L-L strategies.com. Download the budget worksheet, all right? Secondly, set down. Take a couple of hours on a weekend. This is a great time of the year to do it because you have your end of year statements from all of your credit cards last year. You've got your real estate bills. This is a wonderful time of the year to do this because you have everything from last year. Pull out your tax return. How much did I make? How much did I spend? How much of it could be changed? All of those sorts of things. Get a habit or get a handle on that spending habit and then talk about what do you want to do in retirement? Are you going to travel? Are you homebodies? Uh, do you like to do long weekends? Uh, do you want to spend six months in Florida or Arizona when you retire? What do you want to do? Because that's also going to have a great impact. Anything that you can bring to the table for us to give us an insight into who you are, what you are, and what your dreams are in retirement will be so much more beneficial in that first 60 to 90 minutes that we're together to be able to give you a good idea of where you stand and if we can get you pointed in the right direction. All right. It's all about the retirement lifestyle review. You heard what Sam said, all the preparation that you need to bring to the table because it is all about your retirement. They're going to help you to and through. And all you have to do is make that phone call to get that no cost, no obligation. Sit down with them at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And again, it's all about your retirement. So when you're listening to us here in the Fox Valley, make that phone call. Don't procrastinate. Uh, make sure that you have your retirement uh, tucked uh, neatly uh, in the uh, realm of your own mind and what uh, and in concert with your spouse and all the things that we were talking about in this last segment uh, on preparation for retirement. Once again, it's 866-203-7486 and the wonderful people at Dual Financial Strategies with over 20 years of experience, going on 23 now, uh, to take care of you in retirement. 866-203-7486. Well, it's a fast-moving show, and I know we've got a key segment coming up, Sam. You bet. When we come back, it's time for Ask the Advisor. Some interesting questions today and some solid answers. We're back for our final segment of Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton sitting in along with Sam Duell, Luke Ben Abel, Andy Schooler of Duell Financial Strategies. Uh, where that phone number, once again, in case you missed it before the break, is 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Sit down and discuss your retirement. So I guess everybody's ready to answer questions, right, Sam? Ready to go. All right, so we're going to start with Gary in a little shoot here for you. And he says, I'm at my wit's end with my current employer, and I'm not sure how long I can keep working for these boneheads. Wow. <laughs> but I'm 60, 
Uh, maybe he's got some hardening of the arteries going on here, too. I'm planning to retire in a couple of years anyway, so would it be foolish to just walk away now? And how do I know if I'll have enough money uh, for that to happen, to have it be okay? Well, you know, Gary, the first thing you need to do is a retirement lifestyle review to find out would you have enough money? You know, you don't want to get the cart ahead of the horse here, and I sure wouldn't uh, be making any, uh, you know, any off-the-cuff, throw-the-baby-out-with-the-bathwater uh, decisions on this since you've really only got a couple of years left to go. But I would say the first thing to look at is let's get together, make the appointment, let's do a retirement lifestyle review, and let's see, run some calculations and see if you have enough money to retire. But secondly, I would also say, if you've only got a couple of years to go, there's a couple of things you need to think about, Gary. First of all, two years, it isn't all that long. You know, we can we can suffer through anything for a couple of years. If, if Yeah, so what, they're boneheads. Um, if they're still paying you every couple of weeks and you're still taking your vacations and you're doing all of those sorts of things, I would probably consider, uh, you know, just staying in there. For one thing, you still got two years at a minimum before you can take Social Security. So if you quit at 62, the question is, where's the money going to come from? It isn't coming from Social Security. Unless you've got a spouse that can cover all the expenses, 100% of your income that you have coming in now is going to have to be re uh, replaced with your retirement funds. So let's just let's just say for, for the sake of argument, let's say that uh, you're making $75,000 a year. Well, if you're saving 15%, like we were talking about before, that means that if you quit two years early, that's $22,500 less that's going to go into your retirement savings account. That may, be, may not be a deal breaker. However, not only are you going to have $22,500 less going in, you're going to be spending money. So let's say that you need to spend $30,000 a year in order to meet your retirement lifestyle before you get to Social Security. Well, that means that over two years, we're going to spend $60,000 and you're not going to save $22,500. That's an $82,500 swing. So you need to think about that. Retiring early like that, if you're making $75,000 a year, it's going to quote unquote cost you more than what you make in a year to just retire a couple of years early. Does that make sense? Am I, am, I, am I making sense here? So think about that. Think about the math of it. Think about the emotion of it. But make the appointment. Let's sit down and talk and see where you're at, Gary. But give some serious consideration into the back of your mind to not worrying about the boneheads. Do your job. Show up. Go home and get through the next couple of years. You'll probably be in a lot better shape and more better, more well positioned for retirement. Yeah, and let me add something to this. As a layperson, uh, you better be ready to uh, cobra it up uh, from a healthcare standpoint because you're not going to get any help for Medicare till you're 65. That's so yeah, you, you got to think well, of that too. Well, and depending too. on how much you make, marketplace insurance, if you don't qualify for subsidies is incredibly expensive. Wow. Like, very, it could be very expensive. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. again, and, and as Sam said before, unless you have a spouse that's going to cover it with uh, uh, her job. All right, let's go, Andy, to Ed in De Pere. This one's for you. Uh, what's the reason uh, that would make it a good idea for me to have a trust? Because a friend says it's one way to minimize taxes, but I'm just confused and uh, it seems like a big decision. So I'd appreciate your thoughts. Well, Ed, that's a great question. And we often get trust questions. So from a standpoint, we are not attorneys. But what I can say is what is helpful about a trust is from the standpoint of, God forbid you get into a car accident and you pass away and you don't have an estate plan, then the challenge is, is that someone is going to have to go and get appointed 
to deal with your estate. Now that's going to be the process of probate. So if that is your wife or, or family member or whatever, they're going to have to go hire an attorney. They're going to have to go to court. They're going to have to take care of all these things for you because you didn't have a trust there to begin with. And trusts don't have to be complicated and they are not for the exceptionally elite, wealthy, blah, blah, blah. Trusts are for everyone. And they make it tremendously easier for your beneficiaries and loved ones to deal with the estate when you're gone. But it allows you to have made decisions regarding what you want to see happen with your estate um, long beyond when you're gone. So that's very helpful and handy to be able to have direction within those papers that allow you to say, I would like this to happen for, I don't know, grandma's pie plate is always the big thing that comes up where if you know that there are people in your family that want specific items, then you can put their name on them and that way they can be sure to get them and then there's no fighting um, within families. I'm always amazed that people are like, no, no, my family won't fight. And boy, let me tell you, when, when people pass away and money gets involved, Unfortunately, there is often fighting that happens within the family. So that can be a huge benefit to you. So I'm I'm not sure which is most important, but we often do uh, recommend that people talk to an estate planning attorney and make sure that they have their basis covered, whether they need a trust or something else. And an attorney would be able to help you in get you guided in the right direction to protect your assets and make sure that they go to whom you want them to and not to the state or not to your nosy neighbor. Absolutely. And when you're fighting that uh, battle with a family, you don't get put into a penalty box or sent to the locker room for five minutes it's much more serious than that all right luke we go to millie and appleton has got this question for you what's the advantage of using a a one-time ira to hsa rollover versus a withdrawal from your ira and then contributing the same amount into your hsa hi millie great question um, yes, the the one-time piece that you did mention is really important for the rest of our listeners as well, uh, because this IRA to HSA rollover is a once-per-lifetime um, opportunity, if you will. So once you do it once, you can no longer do it again. Um, you bring up a good point, because on one hand, you can just take the money out of your IRA, pay the taxes, move it over to the HSA, and take a deduction. However, uh, that is if you're 59 and a half years old or older, because then you would, wouldn't have the penalties associated with that draw, and you'll be between age 59 and a half and 65, because once you are um, enrolled in Medicare, you can no longer make an HSA contribution. So not knowing how old you are um, is, is, is a factor here, but for those that are under age 59 and a half, they would certainly not want to take that distribution from the IRA and make it taxable because in addition to the taxes, there would be a 10% penalty to the federal government and a three and a third penalty to the state of Wisconsin, further reducing the amount of money that's kept in your pocket. So the one-time IRA to IRA option would then keep more money in your pocket by just making that transfer smooth. All right, very good answer there. And finally, Sam, Howard in Green Bay wants to know, as a 29-year-old who's got a good job earning decent money, he says, I was shocked to learn uh, that I, when I turn 30, I will inherit $250,000 cash and uh, two mortgages worth $40,000 and $50,000 at 8% interest. I've got no outstanding debt at this time. All my bills are paid. 
So uh, what uh, do I do or should I do with all this money I'm going to get? Well, I'll tell you, Howard, you should uh, you should really look at, at positioning that for your future use. That's a wonderful, uh, you know, a, a wonderful uh gift that you're receiving there uh the two hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash i would assume if it's all cash that there there shouldn't be any inheritance tax implications on that unless it's uh, it's it's something different than that but you should be good there uh the two mortgages uh that's that's basically like kind of just inheriting income right i mean you're going to have income coming in uh plus that's essentially ninety thousand dollars it's going to get paid off at some point in time so i would look at a couple of different things um, you've got this extra cash. Uh, you might want to start doing a contribution into a Roth IRA. Maybe you look at doing some things like that. This is going to be cash that probably is not taxed on its way in. So, boy, if you could take the maximum amount uh, on an annual basis and start sliding that into a Roth IRA, that would be a wonderful thing for you. Um, the income that's going to come in, uh, I would probably consider instead of making that a part of your spendable income, why don't you figure out how much that is and direct that towards some types of a savings plan. There are so many different uh, opportunities that you could have at that age, whether it's Roth IRAs or uh, contributing into uh, properly structured cash value life insurance policies. I mean, that that could be an amazing choice for you as well. Some of the sophistication of those tools today, um, if you were funding that over the next 15, 20 years, uh, even with nominal amounts of money and then holding that type of an account until you were 65 and were going to retire. Oh, man, you could you could have a tremendous buildup of tax free income there. So a lot of different options. Uh, first of all, find out will there be any tax implications on what you're going to inherit um, and then make sure that that savings is going in the right place. But focus on things that would be tax free in the future for what you're putting the money into today. All right. It's all about the retirement lifestyle review, Sam. So, again, uh, what can you do for our listeners? Chuck, we talked about the book today, Purpose Determines Placement. Uh, that's in its second printing. Boy, just getting rave reviews from that. The hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you uh, that have copies of that book now uh, have all been uh, been very, very pleased with it. So make sure you come in so you can get a copy of that. Uh, maybe attend one of our uh, taxes in retirement classes or attend one of the college level classes that Luke is doing at local universities. Uh, so many different avenues for you to learn more about this. But Make the appointment, come in. I think you'll like the environment. I think you'll find this very easy to get along with. You'll find that uh, we are not trying to push our political views on you. Uh, we are not trying to, uh, to, to make you feel like you don't know what you're talking about. Come in, feel comfortable, be in a place where you're safe to talk about the things that are really concerning to you, and get your retirement structured so that it will be the way that you deserve. All right, and the uh, way to do that very easily is make that no-cost, no-obligation call uh, to get the appointment with Sam, Andy, or Luke at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. That retirement lifestyle review can be yours. No cost, no obligation. Sit down, very comfortable to talk, uh, just as we do every week uh, with Sam, Andy, and Luke of Dual financial strategies. Once again, it's 866-203-7486. Sam, wonderful show, everybody. Thank you for contributing. And now your final thoughts. Our pleasure today. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you here again, same time, same place next week. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor.
Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.